Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the College Financial Aid and Career Navigation Podcast. Tom and Maria Geffers of Career and College Counselors, along with nationally recognized college financial aid expert Seth Green, teach two things. How to cut the cost of college tuition an average of $19,077 per child per year, and how to land your dream job after you graduate by choosing the right career and major. To get access to more information on how you can make the right choice, simply register at www.careercollegecounselors.com connect. To find out how to save an average of $19,077 per year per child on college tuition, go to www.howtofindmoneyforcollege.com. On the podcast, Tom, Maria, and Seth bring together leading experts in their fields who have experience in the college admission and career application process. They share their secrets so you can do it too. And now, here's your hosts, Tom, Maria, and Seth. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another great session with Tom and myself, Tom Geffers, and I'm Hello. Maria Geffers, and we're from Career and College Counselors. And uh, our guest this week is, <clears throat> excuse me, a guy who we've met several times professionally and uh, has always been a warm person and has always been friendly to us. So we thought he would make a great guest on our podcast. And I'd like to introduce you to Bob Smith of the Tuntington Test Prep Centers. Hi, Bob. Hello. Good to see you. Yeah. How's it going? Everything good? Everything is good. We're busy right now. Excellent. Excellent. Mm Well, the questions that we're going to be answering today, the overarching question is, how important is a good score on college admissions tests? And what is the future of the testing requirement and or test optional? That's been one of the uh, big questions. So Bob, tell us a little bit about your journey, how you uh, went from engineering to actually owning a Huntington Test Prep Center. Okay. Uh, well, as you say, I started out my, my career as a chemical engineer uh, some time ago. Uh, and in throughout college, I, I always wanted to be uh, an independent business person. I started my career with, with, uh, with the DuPont company, and I worked there for about 12 years and then uh, went off on my own. And uh, I started a couple businesses. Uh, they were successful and I sold them off. And then I was looking for another one to start, and my kids said, uh, "Dad, you've always been good at tutoring us in uh, through our education in high school." They said, "Why don't Why don't you start a tutoring business?" And so they were thinking that I was going to, uh, you know, put out a, a shingle, and kids would come to the house, and I'd be tutoring them at the house. Uh, but uh, I uh, I discovered a Huntington. I went up and met with them up at uh, their corporate offices, and I was very impressed with the people and the their processes. Um, I learned of a center that had uh, um, shut down and it was available. And so I jumped on it. And 11 years later, we're one of the top 10% of uh, Huntington's in the country. 
Congratulations. Congratulations. Uh -huh. So you would say that your aha moment was actually your children prodding you to do something <laughs> that they thought was helpful to them and to share that. So that's, uh, that's yeah. a great that's a great story. You know, good, good. Well, and Bobby, you know, we've uh, <clears throat> bumped into each other quite a bit over the, the last few years at college fairs and seminars and uh, it's always been, you know, hi, how you doing? And, and, and things are changing, but we didn't see a real big change, of course, until a year and a half ago, till the bottom fell out of meeting people. And uh, a lot of changes have happened, you know, with the testing as well. Can you give us kind of a rapid review of how the test uh, has changed over the last few years, as far as, you know, subject matter and uh, scoring and such? Sure. Well, the biggest change was that the, uh, the grown-ups stopped allowing kids to take the tests. That was the biggest change that occurred. Other than let's, there have been some modifications uh, to over the years to the scoring of the SAT. Uh, it used to uh, be a maximum of uh, 2,400. Now it's a maximum of 1,600. Uh, recently they dropped the uh, essay from the SAT. Um, the ACT has been more consistent over the years. Uh, and not much of a change there. In terms of instruction, uh, you know, we, uh, we, we, had, we were forced to go uh, on virtual online uh, tutoring. As of late, we're, I would say about 70% of our students are now in center uh, with instruction. So we all do one-on-one uh, -on -one instruction. For, uh, in terms of colleges, the big thing that's changed is because uh, many kids were not uh, allowed to take the, the tests, that the colleges were forced to go to a uh, test optional, um, uh, you know, all test, you know, no tests uh, submitted. And that created a, a lot of turmoil in not only amongst families, but also among admission departments. Harvard saw their, <laughs> their applications double or triple. Right. Uh, right. Kids now thought that, well, geez, I, I have a really good GPA. I'm going to apply to Harvard. <laughs> right. And uh, so it, it really uh, gave quite a jolt to the uh, admissions department when they did that. Uh, things are starting to settle down now. People, kids are starting to realize that the uh, SAT and the ACT tests are really important uh, aspects of the admission process. Uh, even during the time when... Uh, it was not necessary to submit your uh, scores to colleges. If you went onto their website, you could always find a uh, in the uh, admission tab where it would say that uh, scores are not uh, required, but they're recommended mm -hmm. because they want they wanted to have the uh, the scores in just to ease the uh, the process of going through combing through all of the applications that were being submitted. Right. We were talking to a consultant yesterday who uh, specializes in uh, getting students into Ivy League schools. And you, and you, and you mentioned Harvard and you know, some of the other Ivies. Their uh, applications have risen by about 25 to 35 percent. So, you know, like you said, there's no way to uh, differentiate yourself from the other students unless you are, you know, outstanding in some degree. And a lot of the uh, students are trying to do extra, not extracurricular, but uh, ha doing something to have them stand out, yeah. you know, because you have 55,000 applications to Harvard and they're accepting, I don't know, 5,000. 
<clears throat> excuse me, maybe 5,000 or so. So, it, you know, it's not easy to get in, as you said. But getting back to the, um, the subjects, uh, you know, my favorite math subject in, in school was geometry. And I think they, they dropped that for the most part in the SAT. Is that correct? No, there's, there are still geometry questions on the, uh, on the SAT. Um, there are a few more, a higher percentage on the ACT, but not much more. They're, they're basically the same. So uh, geometry is still absolutely part of the, uh, the test. And, and pre-algebra is part of the test. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and that's one of the main, uh, that's, that's, that's one of the big hurdles that the kids have to overcome. Because so many of the kids in, in their junior year, they're taking pre-calculus or AP calculus. And so pre-algebra is like four or five years in their past. And there are many aspects of pre-algebra that kids don't use uh, in let, later courses. And those questions appear on the test. So that's one of the challenge, one of the things that we do is we go back and we reteach things that are uh, on the test that kids haven't used for four or five years. Mm -hmm. Right, they do forget, that's, that's for sure. And that's good that you review that because as you know, we all forget things that we don't use. So that's a great aspect, you know. Yeah, between the three of us, how many could uh, do a binomial factor right now? <laughs> no, no, or quadrilateral <laughs> equation. No, I wasn't good at that when I was in high school. So we uh, won't even absolutely. go down that road. <laughs> and the same things, same things true with the kids. They got A <laughs> in pre-algebra and algebra right. one, and then they take the test and they're getting C's, you know? And right. they're like, oh, what happened, you know? Right, right. So in the, the ACT and the SAT, uh, 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 different in, in, in the length that it takes, or the timing, I guess. Do your students come in and say, I want to do one test over the other, or do you recommend you study for both? Well, everybody comes in on the East Coast, everybody comes in with the SAT, because nobody knows about the ACT. I mean, it's getting a little bit more widely known now. Um, but uh, for a long time, we had to introduce the ACT to parents before, you know, in the initial discussions with them. It's, it's about an even distribution, about 50% take the SAT and 50% take the ACT nationwide. Um, if, if we were in Chicago and we were talking about, and, and, and someone brought up in the discussion SAT, they'd say, what? What is that? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, because the, um, the two tests are, are, have uh, geographic domination and the SAT has a domination where they're dominated on, on both coasts, the East Coast and the West Coast, but everywhere else in the country, the South, the Midwest, ACT is the primary test that, uh, that, that kids take. So we, uh, what we like to do is we like to, um, if, if, uh, if a student comes into us and they've taken the PSAT, we can pretty much correlate between the PSAT and the SAT as far as estimate what the score would be. And so we like to give them an ACT practice test to see if, if, they're, uh, if they score better on that versus the SAT. Frequently, students will score differently. And generally, when there's a difference, uh, it goes in the favor of the ACT, particularly higher GPA students. We find that higher GPA students will, will often do better on the ACT versus the SAT. We will, uh, at, at the start, we'll, we'll give them uh, an ACT practice test, uh, score it, and then uh, compare it to, the, to their PSAT scores, and then have a discussion with the parents and with the child, with the student, and and then we make a decision as far as which is what, which is the best direction to go in. Right. I, I always found when we're talking to students, the ACT, you know, I always tell them they need to pray because it's important. It's a timed test. 
And if they get, you know, SAT is not quite as timed. ACT is very, very timed. And they need to get used to that timing. Uh, and I think that's well, an important aspect of the ACT and, and preparation well, for it. Yeah, there's, there's really not, uh, they're, they're about the same length of time. Uh, the only difference is uh, on the uh, ACT, the test, the, the sections are, are a little bit, you know, there are a few more questions on it. Some of the, some of the questions are a little longer uh, as far as number of questions. Uh, the big difference is, is the ACT has a science section, which scores, which scares a lot of people. Mm -hmm. uh, but the science section is really just about logic and the ability of a student to uh, use uh, uh, his logic to uh, uh, analyze charts and graphs and, and discussions of, uh, of, of experiments, experimental results that are listed. But it's, uh, the, uh, surprisingly, the science section is the easiest one to Im improve the, uh, the score on. How about, you know, when the, when the kids start to take uh, classes and, and helping them with their um, testing scores, does that correlate into helping them with their schoolwork as well? In other words, is it carryover and they say the kids start doing better in school with math or, or English? Well, they do. Generally, we see the scores will go up a little bit um, in, in, uh, in school. You know, their grades will go up a little bit. Uh, my, uh, my center director likes to call our program a college prep program mm -hmm. um, because uh, the, the, the things that they learn in our program uh, are uh, uh, time management, test-taking skills, um, a refresher of, of all of the subjects that are uh, in, in, in high school, many of which they'll be using in college when they go to college. Maybe some of the other things that time management being a big thing as far as not so much time management on the tests, managing uh, study time for the, uh, for the, the prep program in amongst you know, the, the part-time jobs, the, you know, the clubs, the, you know, the, the sports, all those things. And they have to fit uh, Huntington in amongst that and make sure that they, they, they accomplish their, um, you know, the, the study that's required for the test or for the program. Um, and so that's, that's something that they're going to have to learn to do when they go to college. Um, and, um, uh, and then again, just, just the knowledge build, you know, the refreshing. So you're not just, uh, drilling, uh, facts and figures into their head. You're actually, uh, teaching them how to do the test. I mean, you know, it was always confusing. Should I leave this question blank and come back to it? Should I take my best guess? I mean, are you, are you doing all that kind of stuff? I'm, I'm assuming when you're saying test taking uh, preparation, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you know, I was always worried. I still worry. Sometimes you take a test and you leave something blank and then you go back and, and, you, and, and you're, you're in the wrong question, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's a nightmare, but I'm sure, you know, you know, if you, if you take your best educated guess and things of that nature, you can overcome that stuff. But I hate leaving questions blank. I always did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, I'm, yeah, the I'm, big thing, like uh, just, just the other day, we had a, a family in and we were going over the, uh, the students first, uh, you know, the, the practice test that we give be before enrollment. Um, and the parent was shocked, you know, that the student, got, you know, got like I don't know, 70% correct on the test because, you know, he's a straight A student, you know, real excellent student going on. And uh, so I pulled out a copy of the test and I showed it to the mom and I said, okay, he missed this one. Do you want to take a look at this? You want, you want to try to work this out? And, and when, when, when parents see, you know, the types of questions that are on the, on the test, they're like, oh my goodness, you know, this is, uh, this is, uh, 
this is hard stuff. And, it is. <laughs> and yes. it is. Especially when you've been away from it for a couple of years. I mean, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can't even understand the question. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but luckily, I don't have to take those tests. But um, well, we'd know. be happy to give you one if you want. No, no that's okay. I think we, we sat down and, and did a pretest on when they changed the SAT and it was like, can't do this. You know, it was, it was, it's a different, it is a different world out there, you know, and Tom and I've been out a no. while, you know, so <laughs> life is, you know, it has evolved into different things. So the kids that are coming to you and the parents and the families, you know, with all this confusion about, you know, we talked earlier about test optional, they're coming to you and saying, I'm going to take this test. I'm going to do well on it because. Because why? Well, this is the thing that parents don't understand, uh, especially if it's, their, if it's their first child to go through, uh, through, through the process, is everybody knows their own child. They know how great a student he is. They know how, um, you know, how dedicated he is to, to um, uh, you know, academics. He's a great kid. He does things around the house. When he, admit, when he, when he submits in a, 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 uh, an application to college, is he, they're just looking at a piece of paper. They don't know anything about your son or, or son or daughter. And so um, just understanding how competitive uh, the cost or how, how competitive admissions are, for, especially for the selective schools. And the other thing uh, is that uh, to get through to parents that, uh, that this is really the biggest financial decision they're going to make outside of buying a house. Mm -hmm. uh, they said the, the cost of, of colleges, like Drexel, I think Drexel's admission uh, or their, uh, their tuition is uh, $66,000 a year. Mm -hmm. um, and, so he, and that's a five-year school. So, <laughs> yeah. so that's $330,000. Right. And you haven't even paid for room and board yet. Right. So it's really expensive. And it's really important that you do it the right way. Uh, because if you play the game the right way, you can drastically reduce uh, the impact on, you know, on your retirement plan that, uh, that going to uh, uh, sending your kids to college uh, is going to cost. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so I try to help people with, with that as much as I can. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, would, I would think that um, if a student comes in, correct me if I'm wrong, but I would think that if a student comes in and uh, he's preparing to take the test. I think the, the fact that he has in the back of his head test optional, it takes a lot of the fear and, and anxiety away because I think, you know, fear and anxiety really, you know, affects how you do in the test. So if you say, well, I'm going to do my best, but if I don't need the, you know, the, the test or the or grade score, you know, maybe I'm going to go to a school that doesn't require it. Do you think that might be true to a certain extent? Um, initially it was, um, as time goes on, kids are realizing that more and more kids are taking, you know, more and more of their friends are taking the test. Um, it does leave a fallback position where, where, you know, you don't submit scores and, and, uh, uh apply test optional. Uh, but that's not exactly an easy process either, because then you're, 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 you have to be an extremely good essay writer. Uh, because now you're in place of the, uh, your test scores, it's going to be your essays that are going to be looked at. 
Um, and, and if you have two students coming in and they have equal academics, uh, academic record, and one submits an SAT score and the other one submits an essay, they're going to go in the direction of the SAT student. Mm -hmm. My I agree. I agree. Do you work with essays at all in your program or do you have an yeah. essay coach you do? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we, uh, there's an essay on the ACT, the SAT uh, test, uh, they dropped the essay uh, section from their test. So that's gone. Uh, but the ACT still has an essay portion of the test. But I think what you're talking about is the uh, college admission. Right, right. Set. And uh, anybody who goes through our program, uh, we offer uh, at no charge to uh, uh, have uh, one of our, our teachers look over and critique the essays and work with the students to, 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 you know, to maximize the impact of the essay. That's invaluable to have yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, maybe you could kind of tell us uh, a little bit about the different programs that you have, uh, you know, a, a brief outline. It's all one-on-one -on -one instruction, uh, either SAT or ACT. Uh, there are three pillars that uh, uh, we get our score increases from. Um, our average score increase on the SAT is 250 points. Uh, on, the S on the ACT, it's between four and five points, which is huge uh, because the, uh, uh, the, the, the mid-range, the, the 50th percentile on the uh, uh, SAT is a little over 1,000. And so if the student comes in with uh, 1,100, uh, we can get, uh, we would expect him to, at the end of the, him or her, uh, at the end of uh, the program to be at a 1350. Um, and so the way we get those score increases is uh, uh, primarily through re-education, going back and reviewing topics that were four or five years in their past, subjects that they got A's on when they took it, but on the test, they're only getting 30%, 40% correct on. Familiarity of the test is the next uh, uh, pillar. Uh, when students go through our, our program, they will take the test, uh, practice tests three or four times throughout the program. And following each practice test, they uh, meet with their teachers and they go through every incorrect question. If it's a question that uh, hasn't been covered yet in the program, the teachers will say, don't worry about that one. But if it's a question that was covered, then the teachers will dig in and find out why the student made the mistake. What were you thinking there? You know, what, what, what was, what, you know, how did this, where did the error come from? And, and over time, the teacher will start to recognize error patterns, either misreading the question, um, timing issues, um, uh, too much mental math, um, you know, a variety of, 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 uh, of questions. Mm. And then the third pillar is, uh, is, is on strategies. Uh, strategies probably have the least impact, but they are important. Uh, and the strategies that we teach are uh, time management. Uh, uh, just as, as Tom, you were saying earlier, uh, when, when a student's going through the test, when they, when they hit a question that, that they say, they'll look at it and they say, I could probably do this, but it's going to take me a lot of time. Or it's like, I have no idea how to do this one. If it's the second one, the latter, they skip it and forget it. If it's the, the former where he could do it, but it's going to take some time, he skips it for now and then comes back to it after he goes through and harvests all the points in the section that he could get correct. Other, time, other strategies that we teach are in the... Uh, uh, on the reading section, primarily is, has, has, has more of an impact in the reading section, uh, where we teach kids a different way to read for this test. We teach them how to skim 
Um, and as they're skimming, they're underlining key points, mm -hmm. just jotting notes down in the, in, the, uh, in the margin and quickly skim it and then go to the questions and then hunt for the answers. Uh, and that takes a little bit of time, practice time to, for, for a student to get used to that, uh, that concept. Mm -hmm. Those uh, scores actually can uh, make the difference between getting a merit scholarship and not getting a merit scholarship, which well, thousands of dollars the, the parent can save. Well, I, one of our favorite stories is we had a, uh, uh, a dad uh, come into our center. They had just toured Temple's campus and uh, and coming out of the out of the tour, uh, you know, they really they, they were they were informed that uh, if their son uh, got like he needed like another 200, 250 points uh, uh, in order to qualify for I think it's called a presidential scholarship at uh, at Temple. Um, and that's full tuition. That's great. And room and board. I believe room and board is included in that as well. And so the dad came to us in a panic because the kid was going to take the test in, a, in like five weeks, six weeks, something like that. So it's not a lot of time for, you know, to, to work with him. And uh, the dad said, look, he'll do whatever you tell him to do. Uh, you know, if you can do this, you know, I'm going to tell everybody about you. And, uh, <laughs> and we were successful. We got him the score points that he needed. He got a full scholarship. And... Uh, uh, the dad was like bragging about us <laughs> for for years. Um, we've had uh, uh, so yeah. So the uh, uh, most of our students get end up getting merit scholarships. Mm -hmm. Good. Yeah, good. So I, I assume you keep the parents in the loop after they start the classes as well. Keeping them. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. We meet we meet with them uh, every uh, about every twelve hours of instruction. Mm -hmm. we, oh, okay. And, and after every practice test. Really. And then going forward, you mentioned earlier about uh, meeting in person and on Zoom or online virtual. Uh, is that going to continue uh, if the person wants to do it online or Zoom? Yeah, we're going to do that because we, we found that, uh, you know, in, in the Lehigh Valley where we are, uh, Route 22 is a nightmare uh, yes. <laughs> at, at rush hour. And so we have a lot of families that come from the uh, western end of the valley out in the McCungee area. Mm -hmm. And uh, they are uh, highly enthusiastic of mm -hmm. not getting on Route 22 at rush hour. And, and the fact that we can, we can offer uh, uh, online instruction, still one-on-one, -on -one, mm -hmm. uh, right. uh, they're, they're grateful. I have a question if I could ask. Um, when should students or parents uh, start enrolling their, their students in your program? Early. Um, most parents wait too well, too long. Uh, students can take the uh, uh, SAT uh, in the summer or start prepping for it in the summer of their sophomore year, going into junior year, uh, because typically at that point in time, they have had all of the math that's on the test and the uh, reading, you know, they have the reading skills and the, and the, the English skills, all that's been taught. So everything that's on, been, uh, that's on the test is generally covered by the end of sophomore year. Mm -hmm. uh, and the longer you wait, the further in the past uh, some of these uh, subjects become. And so we, we highly recommend that, you know, parents start thinking about it uh, at, during the, um, uh, at the end of their sophomore year mm -hmm. and then taking it, uh, you know, in the fall of their junior year. And then right, the, and that, for the that kids. Would be, that would be perfect because they take their PSATs, which is the scholarship, uh, the read, you know, this uh, scholarship merit testing, the PSAT in October, 
of their uh, junior year. So if they're prepared, that will also increase the scores on their PSAT scores as well. Again, increasing the, uh, the chances of them getting a, a, another merit scholarship. So I think that's a great idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When, when the, the subject comes up with uh, any of our students that we, that we talk to, we always advise that they should take both tests uh, and prepare to take the test. And, you know, we, from an old insurance uh, thing that I always tell people, it's whether they have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. Right. So, you know, you come to the point where, hey, you know, the, the college I want to go to wants an SAT, but damn it, I didn't take it. You know, so now what? Right. You know, so... Uh, it, it, it sounds great, all of the uh, the things that you talked about of, uh, of raising the scores and right. preparing the kids and getting the fear factor out of it. And is there any subject that, you know, we have not touched on yet that you might want to talk about? Um, well, I can provide an example of uh, uh, what, uh, what, what you asked a few minutes ago as far as uh, most, most schools are pretty opaque as far as uh, how they determine merit uh, scholarship money. Uh, but some uh, uh, are, are out, you know, forthright about it. Um, and uh, like West Virginia, uh, West Virginia University, on their website, uh, they have a, uh, a chart that um, uh, on one column or, or on one axis is the GPA and the other axis is the uh, exam prep scores, SAT, ACT, exam, uh, entrance scores. Um, and uh, with the... Uh, if a student applying there has a 3.5 GPA and an average SAT score, which would, which would be right around a 1030, that's right around the 50th percentile, zero merit scholarship. Mm -hmm. But the same student um, with a uh, 1280, which is a 250 uh, point increase, uh, a $10,000 merit scholarship, which is times four, 40000 dollars. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, getting those scores up actually, you know, absolutely has a payback. So. Well, Bob, it's been uh, great to uh, talk to you. You had some great information and, uh, you know, it uh, parallels what we tell our students as well. Right. And uh, people are confused about this subject and, you know, the colleges and the media confuse people. But it's great to get the information uh, that you have to really, you know, because you're the expert. You know, you do this every day, all day, 24-7. So, uh, you know, thanks for the information. And we'd like to have you tell us, you know, uh, our clients and people around the state of Pennsylvania uh, and nationwide, actually. Right, now that you're virtual. You, you do Zoom. Uh, <laughs> what is the best way to contact you uh, if they want to talk to you? Well, you can pick up the phone and dial 800-CAN-LEARN. That's uh, that that that'll take you uh, uh, right right to uh, to us, um, and then our website is uh, huntingtonhelps.com, um, and um, so that's that's an easy way to find us. Great, and uh, those that information will be down at the bottom uh, of the podcast, so that uh, parents will be able to contact you and and ask if they have any more questions, they can ask you directly. And again, you know, two hundred points is seems like not a lot. But it is a lot. People can't do that on their own. They need that extra professional help to make sure that they achieve that. You know. So thanks, uh, Bob, for being our uh, 
our guest. And uh, thank you all for listening. And uh, we look forward to seeing you again. This is Maria and Tom Geffers of Career and Counselors. Thank you.